Welcome to the Happiness Podcast. I'm Dr. Robert Puff. When I was a teenager, I lived in a town of about 10,000 people. Well, there was a part of the town that had this circular loop where you could drive around it and keep driving around it. It was about probably 10 miles long. And we as teenagers called it Scoop the Loop. We'd say, are you going to scoop the loop tonight? It was a popular pastime of a lot of teenagers. But one of my classmates, who I wasn't very close to, said, hey, I want to show you something. So I got into his car, and he went over to this park in town, and he drove up on the grass. And I remember thinking, what is he doing? It was late at night, but still, he shouldn't be driving on the grass. Well, then he proceeded to drive as fast as he could in circles, and in the process, tearing up the grass at the park. I was rather shocked, and I was glad to get back to my car. Well, a couple days later, I saw in the paper that he'd been arrested for that very act. And even though he wasn't my best friend, I didn't know him well. I went to school with him for many years. And I remember thinking, why would he do that? And it really boiled down to boredom. In a small Midwestern town, people got bored sometimes, particularly males, and they would do some very silly things that sometimes got them in trouble. Because boredom is a powerful motivator to do things to create change because we don't like that boredom. Unfortunately, though, boredom, like in my friend's case, can get us in a lot of trouble. I think a lot of kids when they're in high school and college turn to alcohol and substances because they're bored. They don't like being bored. They want to be entertained. And so they turn to these substances to be entertained. Or nowadays, when you're out and about, how often do you see kids or adults on their phones constantly because they just don't like the boredom. Nowadays, I realize when there's a stoplight and it turns green and the person in front of me doesn't head off, it's because they're probably on their phone. They got bored waiting for that light to turn green, so they got on their phone and weren't paying attention to the lights anymore. When it comes to boredom and happiness, boredom is probably one of the key things that keeps us from being happy. Because the key of happiness is Not only accepting what is, whatever that is, it's actually loving what is, whatever that is. But if we trained ourselves to really hate boredom and do everything in our power to avoid it, then we're not going to work towards acceptance or loving what is. We're going to fight it, and we're going to fight it strongly. With the rise of technology, it's almost as if our attention spans have gotten so small we can't handle any form of boredom. Yesterday, I went to the Aquarium of the Pacific. It's a beautiful aquatic center in Long Beach with lots of very large aquariums and beautiful fish from all over the world. Well, one of the tanks, which was just gorgeous and had so much to watch and see and be with, I sat there for probably about half an hour just doing that, watching, enjoying, being present. But during that half an hour, people just came very quickly and went. They came and went. You'll see the same effects at an art museum. Art is so beautiful, but when people go to see art, they usually take a quick glance and then they move on. They take a quick glance and move on. Rarely do people stop and soak in the enjoyment of the present moment and what's before them. We're just not very good at that these days. I remember once years ago working with a woman who I really liked. She was a beautiful soul, but she was struggling a lot. And she was so busy just going and going and going. Well, in order to help her get better and improve her life, I gave her her assignment. Because my office isn't far from the beach, 
I asked her to go to the beach and just watch the sunset one day. And in six months, she never went once. Not once. She just couldn't understand what the point of watching a sunset was. So she didn't do it. Now you may be wondering, Dr. Puff, why is boredom a problem? I mean, if I don't like boredom, why don't I switch it up and do something that I enjoy? That makes sense. But the problem with that is we can't always switch things up. Sometimes we're at places where what is, is, and we can't do anything to change it. I know nowadays with our phones, we can definitely change things very quickly, but there are times where our phones die or something happens and they're not working, and we then have to deal with that silence, with that present moment. Learning how to be well in stillness is one of the pinnacle parts of happiness. If we want to be happy, we have to be good at being still. Not only that, stillness, I believe, is truly not something we have to get good at, but something that we have to participate in on a regular basis. I'll give some good examples of this in a bit, but I first want to talk about why this is important. If we hate boredom, then life's going to dictate its course for us, and we're going to choose things that aren't always the best for us, kind of like my friend who drove his car through the park and destroyed it. Sometimes when we're bored, we do things that are very self-destructive. It can almost seem like an addiction. We can't be bored. We can't be bored. Because if we are, we get to the state of dis-ease. And that dis-ease makes us make choices that aren't really good for us. And so we get in trouble. If, no matter what, we're okay, then, no matter what, we are okay. And there is no sense of urgency that we have to make changes. And here's a really good example to illustrate that. Think of relationships. We all know people that are in relationships. We may be in one right now. But sometimes we also know people that when they get out of relationships, they're in another one as quick as possible. Again, as an example, I remember a woman I worked with once many, many years ago, probably 20 years ago. Well, she told me that she had been in 10 different relationships over 10 years and each one lasted a year. But what happened is within that year when she knew it was coming to an end and she was getting bored, she would go to the bars and already start a new relationship before the other one ended because she just couldn't be alone. And that need to replace the other person as quickly as possible caused her to make bad choices. And that's why they wouldn't even last a year. Here's an even more extreme example of that case. Again, I remember many, many years ago working with a beautiful soul. She had been involved in domestic violence. So she had gone to shelters and she got really involved in helping other women and was a speaker at these shelters because she was just really good about helping women improve their lives. But I remember once she told me that when the women come to the shelter and they've been abused, they are so relieved to finally find peace and tranquility. They're just so happy. But she'd say within a day or two, they would get bored and they would leave the facility and start going to the bars looking for excitement, looking for thrills again because they just couldn't handle the boredom. Now, I know these are extreme cases, but aren't they perhaps something that we have to all be careful with? That when we get bored, we turn towards things that aren't really good for our souls? As I described earlier, one of the aspects of happiness is, of course, being able to be alone, to be still and be okay with that. That's why I strongly suggest for everyone to meditate, to spend time in nature, and just be able to be still on a regular basis, daily. But there's another aspect where boredom can really catch us and cause us damage. 
It has to do with the fact that everything that we expose ourselves to, whether our internal thoughts or everything externally, it is going to impact us. It's exactly like food. We are what we eat. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we mentally eating? What are we letting into our thoughts? Are we letting good, beautiful thoughts in? Are we letting dark, cruel, unkind thoughts in? Are we exposing ourselves to things that cause us damage instead of causing us health and happiness? Again, if we eat a lot of candy, we're probably not going to be very healthy. If we smoke regularly or drink regularly, we're going to have consequences of that. If we eat a lot of organic fruits and vegetables, we're just going to do better. It's the exact same way with our thoughts. What do we expose ourselves to throughout the day? Is the music that we're listening to good for our soul? Is the TV shows that we're watching good for our hearts? Are the things that we're surfing on the internet and on our phones, do they feed us or do they tear us down? Those are the questions that we have to ask. The conversations we have with other people. The, all the things we do, particularly the thoughts that we have throughout the day, matter. So what can happen is when we're bored, because we're not comfortable being still, we're not comfortable being quiet in our hearts, we turn to things to take away that boredom. And many, if not most of those things that we turn to, are not good for our soul. They're not feeding our soul anymore. Instead, they're creating negative images in our hearts and in our minds that don't lead to lasting happiness. Instead, they lead to unhappiness because they're dark, because they're often destructive, because they're often making fun of other people. Often the things that are more entertaining are far more destructive. I mean, think of the news as an example. Imagine someone created a news channel that only reported positive things good things, uplifting things. I'm sure someone has done that along the way. You may have known of someone that's done that. But my guess is it didn't last, or it didn't last very long, or it didn't have a large audience. We are far more attracted to things that take away our boredom. That's why often the most popular things out there aren't good for our soul, because they're dark, because they share images or talk about things that truly create fear in us, that create anxiety in us, that are just not good for our sense of well-being and peace of heart. A sad example of this is pornography. Men or women that get exposed to pornography, sometimes with it just starting looking at swimsuit models, and then they may go to nudes, and then they go to sex play, and then they go to more and more dysfunctional forms of sexual engagement, things that can even lead to illegal acts that they go to jail for because they have them on their computer. We know people that get addicted to child porn. Why would anyone ever put that on the computer or even look at it, have any interest in it? It's so bad for the soul. But boredom can take us there. If you read the interviews of people that get caught for having porn, child pornography on the computers, they'll often tell you it was out of boredom. But the good news is the reverse is true. As you begin to get healthier and get on this path of creating happiness as your natural state, you are a happier, more peaceful person, what you're going to find is that which you find attractive and enjoyable is actually also healthier for you. This can actually be a really good test for how we're doing. If we find ourselves attracted toward things that are good for our soul, that after we watch them or expose ourselves to them, we feel better, we feel happier, we just feel good inside, then we know that these things are good for us and 
we're on the right track. If we keep being drawn back to things that are unhealthy for our hearts that make us feel bad after we expose ourselves to them, then we need to ask ourselves, what's going on? What's causing this interest or taste in these things that really aren't good for my soul? And if we begin to say, oh, I get it, and we make the changes, and then we find like, wow, I really like things that are good for my soul, that put my heart in a happy place. And that's what I watch on television. That's what I expose myself to when I'm on my phone. The music I listen to is good for my soul. It doesn't tear my heart down. That's where I really saw the difference in me. When I began to be interested in music that was really positive and uplifting and wasn't attracted towards other types of music nearly as much, or the shows that I watched, again, were very positive and uplifting and didn't afterwards feel like I had been slimed, then I knew, oh, I am getting into the right place. And these are the two things then that we can look for in regards to getting our hearts in the right place and being careful with boredom because boredom truly can cause us to be unhappy. So to conclude with, the two ways we don't make boredom our arch enemy are one, we get comfortable with being still, with being alone. That boredom is a word that really doesn't enter our sphere of influence. We aren't bored with anything. We adjust and do well with everything, no matter what's going on in our lives. Then we know we're getting into that right place where our hearts will be happy no matter what. And the second thing is, we do expose ourselves to things that are good for our soul. And if we're bored by them, we got to say, okay, what do I need to do to make sure this mental food that I'm exposing myself to is good for me? Because the stuff I turn to when I'm bored isn't. And we start by sometimes having withdrawals. We really are going to miss sometimes that stuff that's so exciting. I mean, it takes away the boredom because it works. But part of it is saying, but it's not good for me. Again, it's like candy. Candy tastes great, but to eat it all the time is not very good for us. It's the same way with a lot of things that we expose ourselves to. Once in a while is okay, but mostly we expose ourselves to things that are just good for our souls. And we all know what they are. After we expose ourselves to them, we feel better. We don't hurt other people. We don't hurt ourselves. And instead, the things that we're exposing ourselves to, even though at the time they may seem boring, we get used to them and we say, good, this is good. It's kind of like eating salads or an apple a day. We may not like it as much as our French fries, but after a while, believe it or not, we get used to it. We get used to exposing ourselves to things that are good for us. And if we do it more and more, with time, what will happen is, instead of our state being, I'm bored, I need to change things, I need to be distracted, instead of going down that path and going down a path of destruction, instead, we are moving in the direction of improving our lives and getting better every day because we all can have beautiful lives no matter what. Thank you for joining me on the happiness podcast. If you are finding these episodes helpful, I would love for you to share your experience with others. The easiest way for new people to listen to this podcast is just refer them to www.happinesspodcast.org. That's happinesspodcast.org. Or if you want to do more and leave a review, on that site you'll find a Yelp link, a Google Plus link, a testimonial link, or perhaps even the site you're listening to this podcast on. 
Often you can leave reviews there too. The reviews are an awesome way to encourage people to start listening to the Happiness Podcast. And until next time, accept what is, love what is. Do you ever wonder why some companies do so well, grow, and just seem to keep coming up with great ideas and keep expanding? While other companies are permeated with negativity, lawsuits, employee turnover, and just overall unhappiness in the workplace. Whichever corporate camp you find yourself in, or somewhere in between, the key to any company's ongoing success is to invest in and help their employees perform at their peak performance. There are very clear and specific things that people can do to perform well at work and in life in general. This is the focus of my podcast, and it's also the focus of my work. Being at the cutting edge of any market is sustained through investment, investment in training employees how to perform well. But sustained growth and productivity requires specific psychological tools in order to continue to perform at peak levels. This is where I can help. I've been studying peak performance for over 30 years now, helping people all over the world. And there are very specific things that have to be maintained in order to sustain this level of performance. When companies invest in their employees, their employees are invested in them. Unfortunately, it's quite common for companies to be doing exceptionally well in the marketplace, but for unknown reasons, key employees make poor choices, leave the company, or start struggling and coping with stress-related illnesses. Companies that do well know their business really well, but human behavior works in mysterious ways unless you've been trained to understand the causes and cures of underperformance. If you're a forward-thinking company, perhaps it's time to think about giving your employees skills that may really help them perform well at work and throughout their lives. If you work for or manage a company, and you're ready to learn the skills in order to survive and thrive in any market, in any conditions, or in life in general. I'd love to help. These are the skills I've learned. These are the ones I'd love to bring to your company. True lasting success has to be seen from a broader perspective, not just monetary. And if you're ready to bring about these changes, that's where I can help. To learn more, go to www.successbeyondyourimagination.com. That's successbeyondyourimagination.com. And whether we're at the doorstep of retirement or have many years to go, may we always be growing and be developing our skills not only as successful employees, but as successful human beings.